Hey everyone, I'm going to uh, post this room to Twitter and then we will get started. This is going to be quick. I'm curious about this format. Oh, you know what? I realized I should start every episode with um, the date so people listening can know what's up. This is December 2nd, 2021. Uh, United States of America, greatest goddamn country on earth. And this is going to be a 10 to 20 minute impromptu chat just to... Uh, See if this is the kind of thing I can do once in a while. See if that format works at all. You can also get in the queue if you have any sort of question for me. There's a button somewhere. I don't know. That will let you do that. I am posting it to Twitter, the worst platform in the world. Yeah, I'm curious like what, how much planning needs to go into Colin. I had never used... Oh, we had a call briefly. Abe, come back. I'd never used Clubhouse at all. I'm completely new to this format. So I'm tr just like throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks. Um, and it would be cool if I could produce something at all interesting from just deciding spur of the moment to like do a chat for 20 minutes on a Thursday afternoon when I'm particularly low energy and even stupider than usual, which is what this current situation is. Uh, but I don't know. We have no idea if it'll work. But yeah, if anyone has a question or a comment or anything, get in the queue. All right, Chewy. Chewy, unmute yourself. Participate in my bizarre experiment. All right. Um, so I learned how to unmute myself by the disastrous yes. unmuting experience from yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be, for anyone new to this, apparently there's two buttons very close to one another. One unmutes you and one sends a drone strike to kill your family. And you can easily get them mixed up. Exactly. It's it's a just it's like a, it's a disastrous design decision. <laughs> they're fixing um, it, but they're fixing it. By the way, I figure I figure it's a new app. That's it's all good. Um, it was just funny. I was like, okay, wait, I know how to do this, and hang on. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think like I like the idea of doing some impromptu kind of chats. I think sort of the the there's a couple issues. I mean, one, you're still adapting the technology. You're kind of you haven't fully tested it, so that was where you run into some of the problems. But that's something you get past, right? That's fine. Um, the other yeah. is like. You could do an impromptu afternoon chat, but like I don't, I don't know that it will be terribly useful or effective unless you focus each one of those, you know, um, on on something yeah. that's of the particular interest that you have at the moment, or even whether it's the distraction you want to talk about. When you're... So let, let's rank the major world religions for most. Correct. Most that's that's exactly right. That's right. Is a hot dog a sandwich or a whatever the fuck it is? I don't, what it's a taco. That's stupid. Anyway. Um, Anyway, like I, I like the idea of impromptu afternoon chats that you occasionally do. I don't think you'll get a whole lot of callers just because most people like doing other stuff and shit during the day. But that's not a terrible thing. But like, if you want it to be most useful and interesting yeah. to come out of it, I I just think you'll need to have some some focus um, for 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 what that you want that one to be. I think it could literally be if if at nine a.m. everyone's reading some new article that they're talking about. I could be like at 4 PM, we're going to talk about this for 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Like it doesn't have to be thoroughly well-researched out and prepped in advance, but like, you know, you're right. Exactly. There's a story of the day, an interesting topic of the week or something that you just want to chat with people about as long as they're somehow focused around, not just like, you know, broad things. I don't, I don't think that's what you're going to do. But anyway, that's, I mean, that, that's, I think that's how I would approach it for you. Cool. That's useful. Yeah. And I actually disagree with you that it's not a disaster if I don't have callers. Cause I think well, most, a lot of my episodes are going to have guests starting next week, like real, like one guest for the whole time, but I'm not good at, I was listening to Glenn Greenswald's and he can just sort of talk for an hour 
And I don't think I can do that. Or maybe I'm just not used to like doing that without social feedback. It just, it sort of feels like you're talking to in the void, but um, anyway. Yeah. I mean, like extemporary, extemporary speaking is a, is a pretty good skill. Right. Um, and if you don't have it, you can practice it. You can, you know, do improv classes, but that's a whole lot of work. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's what I'm saying is that like not a disaster is if you're not going to really fully schedule them in advance, I don't think you can expect to have um, really great listenership numbers. I just don't think that's a reasonable expectation to have. Yeah. Like, so I, I gave no notice for this one and we have 30, which, yeah. which is great that 30 people will just yeah. drop in, but that's not the other two. I, the first one I did, it's just way less than those. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, Chewy. Jacob, don't hit the drone strike my family button. Hit the unmute button. Hi. Uh, good afternoon, Jesse and all. Big fan of the pod and the Substack, And I like this idea. And I agree with Chewy that these will probably be most useful if there's an organized topic to come around. So if it's okay, I'd like to propose one and see what you think about it. I would find the whole discourse around the newly announced travel bans to be very interesting, especially in light of how many of the people currently supporting them reacted to Trump's previous travel bans, as well as the whole general media discourse around the, the current and previous travel bans and how much they actually do to work and how much they're just rhetoric. Because I've just personally found the argument that creating travel bans against countries that are stepping up to report new variants is somewhat punitive to them and they discourage them too but there's been a whole it's like a real moral hazard problem there exactly and there's been a lot of media discourse about that of course you know across twitter and the major cable networks and it's just something that i've found to be very interesting in the last couple of days who's saying what and how it's planned yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's just one of those subjects I'm I'm leery about wading into. Just intuitively, I, I would maybe I should talk to an epidemiologist. But the idea that, given the lag time involved, a travel ban would ever be able to bottle up a new variant, because think about how many people have traveled with the new variant inside of it. In in, in our world, where everyone's flying everywhere all the time, how many people are are traveling before we even identify a variant, let alone are able to put travel bans in place. So it, it seems unlikely to me, but I just, um, maybe I should get some COVID experts on here. That could be useful. Yeah. And I guess also perhaps more on the flop and reported type of theme of uh, Dr. Fauci declaring over the weekend that he is science. Cause I think that definitely is something that uh, has created a lot of engagement. Just because, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I responded to that when I first saw it, but then I, I think in full context, he's sort of, was, wasn't he sort of saying that this is, in his view, how Republicans and conservatives see him and they, they view science with suspicion, whether or not that's fair? I didn't necessarily get the sense that he was like declaring himself to be science, or do I have that wrong? My impression from watching the clip was that uh, people attack him because he's a, an identifiable person, whereas you can't attack science because science is distant and something that you can't grasp and people don't understand. But he is a real gotcha. person who is sitting right there, who everybody knows, and therefore is easier to attack. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm like increasingly worried that five years from now, we'll just realize we didn't know anything about COVID at all. And we're just wrong about everything, but that's a whole other issue. 
Yeah, but uh, the whole media discourse around it and the way people have taken sides and have said and done really ridiculous things has just been very interesting to me. It's and not tra- The travel bans are just one example of media discourse and elite discourse around that. Yeah, I, I'm going to uh, let Chewie back on. Let me ask, where, those, fr- sure. those French fries in your uh, profile photo look very good. Are those fries you consumed or... <laughs> yes, those are fries I consumed. I signed up for this app months ago when Antonia Garcia Martinez started posting about it someplace, and I didn't know that I wanted to put a real picture of me on here. And French fries just happened yeah. to be like at the top of my. No, dude, those roll. look so good, and and the the mayonnaise on the side. I I picked up that that habit when I lived in Germany. Now I I always sure. dip my fries in mayonnaise. So thank you for that. Oh. I'm gonna. That was South Beach, but yes, I'll uh, turn it over to Chewy per your request. I'm going to try to skip Chewy just because he already talked and see if it'll let me go uh, to Ethan. Chewy, I'm putting you to the back of the queue, but just get back in it. Uh, Ethan has not talked yet. Ethan is the next caller. What's up, dude? Hey, cool. I just had a quick question. Um, I suppose almost a, a meta one in regards to the types of stuff that your podcast covers and you generally do. Um I think generally yeah. it's really interesting to see, you know, for example, the travel ban that was just mentioned or any of these other cultural issues come up and you kind of, you at least I think can tend to get the impression that like, oh, everyone's a hypocrite or just looks to justify what's worthwhile for them in the moment or whatever it may be. And I just, I was wondering in a, in a more generalized sense, you know, since you're someone who's very involved with all of this stuff, if you've had, I suppose, <laughs> Oh, sorry, I don't mean to, to take up people's time with my stuttering. But how exactly, I suppose what your, my initial reaction to seeing a lot of things along these lines, the culture war stuff, is like, oh, it's all fake. I'll just mentally remove myself from it entirely. I guess that no one is sincere, etc. Do you, th- uh, just in a, in a generalized sense, I was wondering, you know, do you think that it's important regardless of, you know, if it's a little fake, these are important people who are involved and it should be covered? Or do you think that you can still, there are worthwhile things that, you know, individuals can take away from it? Is that, is that coherent? Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I didn't notice the stutter, but if it was worse, I, I would, I would give it. you the time to ask your question because I want the, I don't want people to not be able to participate because they have the stutter. But give me an example of the kind of thing you're tempted to ignore right off as culture war. You mean COVID yeah. stuff? In general, one, uh, I think a go-to one recently was the Rittenhouse thing. I definitely had an initial reaction where, you know, I was very, oh my God, I can't believe that like MSNBC, whatever these people are, you know, angling it so clearly. And obviously you expect these guys. I'm not saying I think everyone's going to be literally 50% down the middle neutral on everything, but, you know, stuff like that, where it starts to, it seems to veer into some, some noticeable bias and, you know, I'm not sure if my reaction to that should be, okay, I'll find more in-depth sources, people who I trust, you know, people whose track records I understand, or, you know, more niche blogs, whatever. Or if it should just be, you know what, this whole thing is kind of a a bit of a charade, and, you know, not not in, in any sort of, you know, conspiratorial, you know, coordinated way. Yeah. But, you know, I, there's just I, l- less value. I think my overall take is that over the last few years, like everything has become a culture war issue. So like mask wearing became a culture war issue. Mm. The plain objective facts of the Kyle Rittenhouse case became a culture war issue. So I think it's increasingly. So, okay. If, if, if there's a video of a dumb call campus activist in Oberlin waving a sign that says fuck white people, 
I will absolutely ignore that because it's just one dumb college student and I could find anyone from any ideology acting like an asshole. So I think that's an example of mm-hmm. culture war stuff you should ignore. I don't know how to ignore the fact that like vast swaths of the media are not reporting honestly on a case like mm-hmm. House, and, and that's what, what distresses me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely does make sense. And I suppose that, you know, at a high level, even if for folks like us who aren't, you know, actively reporting or involved with, in, with it in a way, it is worthwhile just to, to use that to get a gauge, I suppose, of where things are at at a high level. Yeah. Thank you for the question, Ethan. Cool. All right. Abe, assuming this works, I'm going to have you be my last caller for this uh, impromptu mini whatever. What's up, Abe? Hi, Jesse. Big fan. Love the show. Um, I Thank just, you. Uh, I just have an Alex Jones related question. I can't remember if it was to Rogan or to Tim Dillon. You brought up that, you know, sometimes journalists will make such a colossal mistake that it clouds everything they do. And uh, I guess I was just curious if you've been following this trial he's going through, because it seems to be he's not being treated fairly. And, you know, there's probably like a legit legal punishment for what he did involving Sandy Hook. But does that have to be completely unpersoning somebody and... I just, your general thoughts on that, I was curious about. Yeah, I, I, I haven't followed it closely. I, it was interesting. I was just listening to an episode of Red Scare where they sort of, I'm not fully through the segment, but they, they I, I think people throw around the word defend when they don't mean defend and when defend's not a useful term. I'm just going to mute you uh, for one sec because I'm getting feedback, but I'll unmute you. Um, uh the short answer, sorry, Abe, I'll get you right back here. Let me get you back. Um, leave yourself muted for a sec. I think Alex Jones makes shit up all the time. And this is maybe one of the few times he got caught making shit up in a legally actionable way. I think he knows the stuff he says isn't true. In terms of the precise amount of punishment that deserves or, or unpersoning, I have trouble having sympathy for him because I think he's a liar and I don't think he thought the Sandy Hook stuff was true. Is it possible that he's being treated worse from an exactly equivalent person who did the same thing, who wasn't as hated by liberals? Of course, it's absolutely true. That's human nature. You pile on as people you see as enemies, but I just, I don't know, man, I'm I'm pretty disgusted by the guy and I think he, he, spreads a lot of bile and i i also think about like people for whom he's their primary news source and it's particularly i think slightly older more vulnerable people who are very scared of the world and the world is a scary enough place as it is and i'm just i'm worried he exaggerates and disseminates falsehoods and i don't know does that make sense am i answering your question yeah, I guess I'll just hit you with the, some whataboutism where Rachel Maddow kind of does the same sure. thing. And I feel like it's just not at all, you know, she, you know, talking about how Russia's going to turn off your power in Texas is just as crazy. So I don't know. I, that's that's the, the argument I often hear from people who are disillusioned by mainstream news that I think I need a better response to because I, I think Maddow has said some silly stuff, as have a lot of MSNBC hosts, but... I think there's a difference, not only in degree, but in kind between what someone like she does and what someone like Alex Jones does in terms of just straight making stuff up. And I think I, it would maybe be helpful if I could do a better job, you know, explaining exactly why I think that. Cause I, I think we'd be in a better place if Alex Jones did not have um, such a big audience, but um, that, that's a useful thing for me to maybe try to think about through and, and write about at some point. So I appreciate that. 
Yeah, for sure. And I think he's just kind of charismatic. So it's important to keep your um, skepticism in mind. Thank you. He's, he's in his way an amazing performer. I say that as someone who's, who's pretty repulsed by him, but he obviously is very good at his shtick and I can understand how it's entertaining. And I've shared video clips of him because it is entertaining, but um, thank you, Abe. I appreciate the question. All right. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up. We've got no more questions. Thank you everyone for listening. I listener feedback has really helped me to figure out what to do with this platform. So feel free to send me a message definitely spread the word about the show try to get other people on call in but um yeah thank you guys very much and i hope you have a good weekend bye